0: And all of those, that group of churches want to become Elam. So this is like an opportunity to start Elam work in Vietnam. We've never had Elam in Vietnam. It's just this massive open door. And uh, so we're gonna be giving into seeing that work established. It's incredible. I was there and uh, there's a room full of 70 leaders and pastors. Some of them had been Christians for mere months and were now leading churches. I mean, the move of God that was happening there was incredible. I asked, uh, there was a room full of 70 of them. I asked, how many of you have been imprisoned because of your faith and because of being a pastor? Over half the room put their hands up. They're still under massive persecution and all kinds of stuff going on but we have a wide open door for us to go in there and do something and we just believe in God to just open the way and do something great there so please come Ready to give next week, it's gonna be great. If you have your notes, grab your sermon notes. If you have a Bible, grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. Go see our info team, we would love to. If you don't own a personal Bible, we'd love to give you one. It would just be our joy to do that. Uh, But if you've got one, open up to John chapter 21. It's in your notes if you don't have them uh, that you got on the door. John chapter 21, we're gonna read a very obscure piece of Scripture today. And my prayer is that you would just stay with me. That's all I'm asking you to do, just stay with me. All right, it's gonna get weird today, but stay with me, because my heart is that God would speak to us in this place. All right, John chapter 21, starting in verse number 18, just a bit of context, this is Jesus talking to Peter. Jesus talking to Peter. And he says these words, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. In brackets, he explains that. He says, this he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. After saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. This is John, is hanging out with him too. The one who'd also leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who's it that's gonna betray you? When Peter saw him, when Peter saw John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what's it to you? You follow me. I wanna preach a message this morning that I've titled, What About Him? What About Him? And what I wanna do today, and this is why I'm saying I want you to stay with me because you've just read that passage going, what the heck is he talking about today? I want you to stay with me because I wanna address, I wanna identify and highlight a destructive mindset that can creep into our being, that if we don't address it, will leave bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, and all kinds of comparison things in our lives. And it's a mentality that I've called the what about him mentality, and my heart is that we'd overcome it, we'd find freedom, and if you're experiencing it today, that you get breakthrough in your life and experience all that God has for you in this place. Is that okay? Let's pray, because we need God's help. Lord, I thank you that you are here, that you love each one, Lord, that we've come together in your name, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that more than words and more than songs, that Holy Spirit, you are moving in this place. Lord, that you are speaking to hearts, you're touching lives. You do the work of transformation, God. Lord, you do it. Lord, I pray from the inside out, speak to us, help us, shape us, challenge us, change us, do what you do, oh God, that we would live the abundant, free life that you promised to us. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you're with me this morning, church. I'm gonna need your help because it's gonna get weird, right? My, my, um, I don't know if you ever find yourself, if you've got kids in this place, if you've, grown, if you've had kids and, and they're growing up now, but I don't know if you find yourself like I do, that at times you're saying things to your kids that you remember your parents saying to you that you used to hate them saying to you when you were a kid. I don't know if you ever had that. So I find myself doing this all the time, and I find the voice of my father like kind of in my mind, and as I'm saying the words, I'm like, I sound like my dad, you know what I mean? And it scares me my kids often like, it often happen when, when they're doing something they shouldn't be doing or they're not doing what they should be doing and I'll, and I'll go to them and there's two of them, we've got two kids, and I'll go to one of them i go, hey, what should you be doing right now? And, and you know what they do? They look at me they go, oh, what about him? And they point to their brother, right? And this is what I do. And this is where my, the voice of Neville Green, my father, starts to take over in my brain and I'll go, I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to you. I don't care what he's doing. I care what you're doing. Anyone with me this morning? <laughs> do you, do you realise that in this scripture, Jesus is having one of these moments with Peter. Jesus in this moment is having one of these conversations with Peter. Peter's like talking to Jesus and Jesus says to him, Peter, you're going to die for me. This is the course of your life. And Jesus in this passage actually describes to Peter the manner by which he's gonna die. Like, that's heavy, right? That's a heavy conversation with Jesus. But Peter tells him, Peter, you're gonna die, and this is how you're gonna die, for me. And, you know, Scripture, uh, not, scripture doesn't really tell us how Peter died, but uh, church tr- tradition and uh, historical tradition tells us that Peter was crucified. Peter was crucified in Rome, and in fact, tradition tells us that Peter was crucified upside down. That, that Peter, when he was going to be crucified, so he lived for Jesus, he, he, he like was in Rome and he was ministering and because of this, he was put to death and, and they were gonna crucify him and he said, no, I'm not fit to, be, to die in the same manner as my Lord, crucify me upside down and they did. So Jesus in this passage is telling Peter, this is how you're gonna die. Your arms will be stretched out and you'll be carried somewhere you don't wanna go. So he's telling him, this is how you're gonna die. And this is, so Jesus says this to Peter, and this is Peter's response. What about him? <laughs> Pointing to John. And this is what Jesus says to him. If it's my will that John never dies, what's it to you? you like, and then he goes, you follow me. So, if it's my will that this guy, this other follower of mine, this other one that loves me, this other one that walks with me, this one that you know that's also ministering, also doing things, if it's my will that he never dies, in fact, if he stays around until I return, if it's my will that that happens, what's it to you, man? You follow me. And you see in this moment, Jesus is having like this, like Peter's going, what about him? And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 Peter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to you. This is not about him. This is about you. This, the, the Peter uh, uh, Jesus is addressing a mentality and an attitude in Peter that if he holds on to that attitude it's going to be destructive in his life and what i 've come to realize is that every single one of us from time to time in our life will battle with the same mentality i 've called it the what about him mentality and if we don't address this Then it's going to become a destructive pattern and a destructive mindset in our walk and in our life with God. And and you know this this what about him mentality? It can it can rise up. You know God's calling you to do something. God's calling you to serve, and you're like, well, what about them? And God's calling you to give, and you're going, well, what about them? Or God's calling you to lead, and, and you're going, well, what about them? Or God's telling you to go and sell your possessions and go move to Africa and be a missionary, and you're going, well, what about them? And it can become a destructive, what, what, what the what about him mentality does in our lives is it breeds bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, comparison, and all those things will steal away the joy of the life that God has for you. And actually, it will hinder you, if you have this mentality, it will hinder you from fully stepping into all that God has for you. Because you're so busy looking at, I'm not moving until they get the same. I'm not moving until that happens. No, 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 and Jesus is simply saying to Peter, hey, Peter, what's it to you? You follow me. It's this this crazy mindset. And, and so what I wanna do today is I wanna just explore this a little bit more because I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're facing in the middle of this kind of mindset yourself, but... Uh, What I do know is that at some point in this journey, you're gonna face this. And so I wanna give you some some keys to experiencing breakthrough and overcoming the what about him mentality. Because if you don't, you'll live a life of resentment and bitterness and judgment and, and comparison, all kinds of stuff. And it's gonna rob you of the life that God has for you. Amen? So let's have a look at some of those things. These three thoughts. The first one I wanna say is this. Number one, don't compare the call. Don't compare the call. Can I tell you, friends, that God has a unique call for your life. God loves you, God made you, God destined you for greatness. God has a plan for your life. God wants to bless your life. God has a call upon you to live the life He's calling you to live, to live the way He's calling you to live. Don't compare the call on your life with the call on someone else's life. It doesn't work like that. This is exactly what Peter's doing. He's going, well, what about him? Does he have to go the same way? Does he have to walk the same walk? Does he have to give as much as I give? Does he have to go on the same journey? What about him? And God, Jesus is like, it's not about him. It's about your call. And if you compare the call, it will make you resentful. If you compare the call, it will make you bitter. If you compare the call, it will stop you moving. It will stop you going forward into what God has for you. Don't compare the call. You got it? Don't compare the call. The call, here's the truth, don't compare the call because you might think in your call you've gotta carry more than they do but you don't know what they have to carry. You're sitting there going, this is why we compare the call and we get bitter because we're like, oh, they don't have to carry as much or they don't have to do as much or the call on them isn't as great. You don't know what they have gotta carry. You don't know the, what, 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 God, what they have to carry in their call. It may look from your eyes simpler or easier, but on the inside, I can tell you it's probably not. And so Peter's going, what I have to die, what about him? And, and, and Jesus like, you don't know his call. Don't compare it. You might have to die, but he's gonna have to live a life of isolation and imprisonment on an island called Patmos for the rest of his life. It's gonna be a different call and he's gonna carry that. Don't compare the call. You're maybe looking around and, listen, stop looking at other marriages and ministries and churches and leaders and and, and other followers and other disciples. Don't stop looking at all of them going, what about them, what about them, what about them? It's not about them. Don't compare the call. You've got your call. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. Some of you here today, I really believe this, some of you here today, God's called you to lead a small group and you're thinking, well, what about them? So you're not leading a small group. Some of you, God's calling you to get involved in kids ministry or youth ministry, and you're going, why me? What, what about them? And so you're not, you're not involved, you're not serving, you're not doing what God's called you to do. Some, some of you, God's calling you to step up and lead. Maybe you're in a ministry area, but you feel God like calling you to step up and to be a, involved at a, a higher level or a greater capacity, and you're going, well, why do I have to? What about them? And what about the other team members? Listen, it's not about them. Don't compare the call. If you've got a different call that's different, just follow Him. Just follow Him. That's all you've gotta do, just follow Him. Don't worry about their call and what they're doing. See, this is what I've come to understand and I know this because I've experienced it in my own life and I've seen it play out in my own life. And that's this, if you have a what about them mentality, it will stop you from giving God your everything in your service. If you've got a what about them mentality, it will stop you from giving your best, your everything to God in service of Him. Because you're too busy looking at everyone else going, well, why do I have to do it about why, What about them? What about them? And so you're, you're so focused on their, what you think is their substandard service that it distracts you from your wholehearted service. And so you're not, you're not stepping up into what God has for you until they step up as well. And Jesus says to Peter, what's it to you? What's it to you? If they never die, what's it to you? You follow me. You follow me. Friends, don't compare the call. Comparison will build in your heart resentment and bitterness. It'll build a wall up in you. It will build this, and it becomes destructive in your life. Friends, can I encourage you? Don't have a what about him mentality. Have a I will follow mentality. Don't have a what about him mentality. Have a I will follow mentality. The second thought I have is this. And listen, bear with me on this. Don't freak out when I give you this point. Number two, how to overcome the "what about him" mentality is this: God doesn't deal in fear. Not fear like ah oh, scared, like fear, like I'm being fear. God doesn't deal in fear. Now hold on, before you freak out, before you start throwing things at me, before you start calling Pastor Luke and going, "Steve's lost his mind," replace him. Before you go, like, bear with me, God. Doesn't deal in fear, God deals in grace. God doesn't deal in fear, God deals in grace. The ways of God between you and someone else may not always seem fair because they're not. I know you're like, what? <laughs> Listen, there's this great parable called the prodigal son. It's in Luke chapter 15. And if you know the story, you'll know where I'm going. But if you don't know the story, let me tell you. There's this farmer. I oh, mean, no, not a farmer, there's a father. Father. And this father is a picture of the father God. And so the father has this estate. He has this property, he has this estate. And he has two sons, an older son and a younger son. And there comes a point where his younger son comes to him and says, Dad, I want my inheritance and I want it now. In other words, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want you dead. I want my money. Give me my money. I want my inheritance. I want it now. I'm not wanting to wait. I don't want to wait. I want it now. So the father relents and he gives him his share of the estate, he gives him his inheritance. And the youngest son runs away and he goes and he spends all his money on wild living with prostitutes and alcohol. And he was maybe even smoking. And he was, I don't know what he was doing. He was gambling, all the stuff we don't like as Christians. You know, like He was doing all the wrong things. Like he was partying his life away. He was blowing all his money on all kinds of things. He blows every last cent. He's got nothing there. Everything that the father gave him, he blew it all. And he lies, he wakes up lying in a pig pen. In our context, he might be he'd be waking up in the sewer. He's in like the filthiest place you can imagine. He's fighting pigs for food. And he comes to his sense and he goes, Man, the servants in my father's house have it better than this. I'll just I'll go home and I'll repent and I'll say, just make me a servant. And so he gets up from where he is and he goes home. And the Bible says, while he's still a long way off, the father sees him. And the father sees him and he runs to him. He runs and he embraces his son, and the, and the son is like he's got the speech prepared. I don't know if you've ever been there. You got this speech, I'm so sorry, and his father's like shh. Now the movie's like shh. shh, and he just hugs him, and and his father puts a, he goes put a robe on him, get a ring, put sandals on his feet, like let, let, then his father goes another step further. He goes kill the fattened calf. We're having a party. And so like the fattened calf, like when I was like, what is that? It's like the, it's like the thing you're saving for the most special meals. It's like the, the, the special meal that mum makes just on Christmas. You're like, please mum, make that. Like I really want that. That like he kills the fattened calf. And, and, and so this party, the celebration kicks off, right? Meanwhile, the older son, who's done nothing wrong, is busy working for his father in the field. And he, and he hears music. And he hears dancing and singing. And, and he's like, What is going on here? And he walks on back and he finds a servant. He's like, hey, what's this all about? And the servant goes, your brother is back. And your father, he's like throwing a party and he killed the fattened calf. And he did all these things like it's good news to the older brother. But the older brother's like, that's not good news. So he runs, he goes up to the father and he says to the father, hey, you didn't even give me a goat. I wanted, like, I wanted to party with my friends. You didn't even give me a goat. You killed the fattened calf for him. He, threw, he blew it all. He, he spent all your money on prostitutes. Like, the, the heart of this older son is, dead. it's not fair. I've only been good to you. I've only done what you've told me to do. It's not fair. stamping his feet. <laughs> it's not fair. And the father's response is, Son, you've always been with me. All that I have is yours, but your your brother, he was dead, he's alive now. He was lost and now he's found. Now he's like, I have to party. I have to party because I don't deal in fear, I deal in grace. I don't deal in fear, I deal in generosity and grace and abundance. See, see, friends, you don't want God to be fair. You don't. Because if he was fair, you'd get everything you deserved. But he doesn't. He put everything you deserved on his own son, Jesus, so that in, in response, you get everything you don't deserve. Grace. See, 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 justice is you getting what you deserve. Mercy is you not getting what you deserve. But grace is getting the opposite of what you deserve. And God pours blessing on your life instead of judgment. Come on, that's good news for somebody today. You don't want God to be fair. You don't want God to be fair. God doesn't deal in fear, he deals in grace. He deals in grace. There's another story in Matthew chapter 20 where there's a a farmer and he's got a field and he needs workers for his field. So he hires some workers and he agrees with them. He says, hey boys, I'm gonna pay you what is fair. And so let's figure that out. I'll pay you one denarius. Like I'm gonna pay you a good gold coin. Like I'm I'm gonna pay you generously. I'm gonna pay you a good wage. This is not cheating you. This is a good wage. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's good, man. Let's do that. Let's work for you for the day. We're gonna work in your field. So they're working in his field and it gets to about four o'clock in the afternoon and then the farmer's like, hey, we need more workers. So he hires some more people to come and work in the field. They work only an hour or so in the day. It gets to the end of the day and the farmer pays everyone for their work and he pays everyone the same. And the workers who've been working since the morning, they all get a denarius. They all get their coin. They all get it the same amount. And the workers that are working from the morning, they're like, "Hey, that's not fair. We've been working all day. They just showed up in the afternoon. That's not fair." And and the, and the farmers like, "What do, you, do, 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 do 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 do? It's not. What do you mean it's not fair?" We agreed on this and I'm generous with this and you and I agreed that this was fair and that this was good and I'm paying you what we said I would pay you. I'm paying you what we agreed uh, would pay you. What's it to you if I'm generous with my money? What's it to you if I've got grace for other people? What's it to you if I wanna bless somebody? What's it to you? Peter, what's it to you if he never dies? You follow me. See, the heart of God is not about fear, it's about grace. God pours grace upon grace upon grace. Listen, Friends, you may work harder than other people in serving God. You may work harder than others. You you may give more than other people. You may see other people blessed in ways that you want to be blessed. Peter hears that John's never going to die. Who doesn't want that? He's like, I'm seeing him blessed in ways that I want to be blessed. Friends, you may find all these different things, but... Listen to me, you follow him. It's not about that. It's not if you're looking for it to be fair, you're gonna build resentment, bitterness. You're gonna never step forward fully into what God has for you because you're gonna be waiting for it to be fair. It won't be fair because God deals in grace, not fairness. And here's the good news, his grace is sufficient for you. Here's the even better news. God will never cheat you. It may not seem fair, but he will never cheat you. He will never cheat you. The oldest son, guess what? He got everything. He got everything. The father says to him, everything I have is yours. I'm not cheating you by giving grace to this young son. Everything I have is still yours. The farmers, the workers in the field, they weren't cheated of their salary. They weren't cheated of their wage. The farmer gave them everything he promised to them. Friends, God will never cheat you. He will give everything he's ever promised to you above and beyond what you actually thought because it's according to his riches and his glory. And if you choose to follow God and you look around and go, it's not fair, it's not fair. Listen, it's not about fear, it's about grace. And when you walk forward into what God has for your life with freedom and with, and with that mindset, I'm, I'm not worrying about this, that, and the other thing. I'm following Jesus. You will discover his riches and his blessing and his abundance to pour out in your life beyond measure, beyond what you thought was possible because he's not about fear, he's about grace. And his grace is sufficient for you, friends. His grace is sufficient for you. How do we overcome? What about him mentality? We've gotta build an I will follow mentality. And my last thought is this, maybe if the band can join me. My last thought is this, how do we overcome a what about him mentality? Lastly, just this, own your walk. Own your walk. Simply realize that this is not about those walking around you, that this is about you and Jesus. And when Peter is having this conversation with Jesus, these words happen twice, these same words, the same phrase happens twice. Firstly, when Jesus explains to Peter how he's gonna die, he says, your arms will be stretched out, you'll be carried where you don't wanna go. And then the sentence gets broken up a bit because of their brackets explaining what he's saying But if you actually let the sentence run as it would run, it would go like this. Your arms will be stretched out, you'll be carried where you don't wanna go, follow me. Your arms will be stretched, in other words, you're going to die for me, follow me. And then Peter goes, wait, what about him? And Jesus goes, let me say it again, but now let me make it personal. You follow me, you follow me, I believe, One of the greatest steps of maturity you and I can take in our walk with Jesus is to take responsibility for your walk. To say, I'm not, it's not about them, it's not about them, it's not about them and them and them. It's not about meeting this, this is actually just about me following Jesus. It's about me following what He has for my life not looking at what they're doing or what they're doing and what they're saying and what they're saying and how they're being blessed or not being blessed or what God's doing in their life or their life. No, no, no. This is just about me following Him and I'm gonna own it. I'm not gonna have a what about Him mentality. I'm gonna have a I will follow mentality. And I, I kind of feel like the words of Jesus would be the same over us today. Where He says to Peter, He says, Peter, you follow me. And you could insert your own name into that where, the, where, where Jesus is looking at you saying, if you're battling with this, what about Him? Just hear the words of God where He'd say, nyla follow me. Nyla, you follow me. That's all I want you to do. Not worry about this person or that person or what they're doing, what they're saying. If I've got a call in your life, you follow me. You follow me. Say, Isaac, you follow me. Don't worry about who's around you, man. You follow me. Rachel, you follow me. Chris, you follow me. Stephanie, you follow me. John, you follow me. you will be just looking in the crowd saying, George, you follow me. This is not about those around. This is about you. You follow me. You follow me. Friends, put your own name in there. On the mezzanine, you follow me. Down the back, your name, you follow me. Over this side, whoever you are, right down the back, Rowan, you follow me. You follow me. It's about you going, man, I'm gonna own this thing. And I'm not gonna worry about comparing the call of God on my life with somebody else's. I'm not gonna worry about whether I think it's fair or not. All I'm gonna do is follow Him. And if He's calling me into it, I will go. If that's His plan, I will go. And I'm gonna trust that every step of the way, He will pour out in abundance everything I need. Friends, if you're battling with the what about Him mentality today, can I tell you, get free of it because then you'll step into his abundance, his joy. You'll be able to step freely into all that he has for your life. And I really felt as I was praying into today that there's a couple of groups of people, one group of people you're, you actually felt God call you to step into something or do something or serve or be a part of something and you haven't because of this mentality. Because you're like, well, what about them? If I have to do it, what about them? And it's actually stopped you from stepping out and, and, and leading or being a part of something. So maybe it's leading a small group or getting involved in a ministry or whatever, like you're like, it's stopping you because you're thinking, you're waiting till everyone else goes with you. But Jesus is saying, what's it to you? You follow me. You follow me. And the other group of people I really felt led to pray for today is those who've allowed this mentality to build resentment in their heart. Like there's a bitterness in you and a resentment because you've looked around at other people and you've compared the call. You've gone, well, how come they don't have to walk what I walk and do what I do and give as much as I give? Friends, don't allow that to root to stay in you, that bitterness to stay in you. Allow God to free you of that. Just simply follow Him. Build an I will follow mentality. Regardless of what's happening around you, I will follow. Can you stand to your feet, church? I'd love to pray for you this morning. My heart and my prayer for us is that we would each keep stepping forward into the life that God has for us. And if this is a hindrance to you, my heart is that you would live the full life that Jesus has for you, that's my heart for everyone in this room. And if this is stopping you, then let's deal with it. if this comes up in your life at some point, and it will, it'll probably happen later on this afternoon, Just remember, no, 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 it's not about Him, it's about I will follow. Regardless of what's going on, I will follow. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each one in this room. If if you're maybe one of those two groups, if you're maybe in this place, you haven't stepped out because You've got a, what about Him mentality? Or maybe today you've got a bitterness in your heart because you've been thinking this, this same way. Can I just ask you, Just no one's looking around. This is just a faith step for you to say, Steve, include me in this prayer. Just lift your hand nice and high. I want to just know who I'm praying for in this room. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Hands all over the place. Yeah, just keep it up real nice and high just so I can pray to know who I'm praying for. Lord, I thank you for every person who's saying, yeah, that's me. They've got their hands raised right now saying, yeah, Steve, that's me. I've allowed this mentality to creep in. And so right now in Jesus' name, we break it off in your mighty name, Jesus. I pray your abundance, your blessing, your joy to fill them now, Oh God. I pray upon each of them that they would hear your voice speaking their name, just saying simply, you follow me. Lord, I pray any comparison Lord, any of that bitterness, that, that resentment, Lord, any, Lord, that, that unwillingness to step forward into what you have for them because of this mentality, we again, we break it off in Jesus' name. We say step forward into all that God has for you in Jesus' name, amen. Just while every eye still closed and head bowed, I wanna pray for one more group of people here today. If you're here in this place and you don't know Jesus, I would just so love to invite you to come to know Him in a very personal and real way. See, the truth is, friends, that God loves each one of you. God made you. God's got a purpose and a destiny on your life, and you're not a mistake, you're not an accident. God knows who you are. He knows your name, and He desires more than anything that you would know Him. And we, I know that we've all made mistakes, we've all messed up, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's standard for us. But the great news, like I shared earlier, was that Jesus came and He died. And He took upon Himself what you and I would do for all our wrongs. And He extends to everyone, everyone, His free gift of grace, forgiveness for your past, your guilt, your shame, no more condemnation, it's gone. He's dealt with it, it's finished. He extends to everyone His gift of grace, forgiveness for your past, new life that begins right here, right now. Hope for your future in Him and eternity with Him in heaven. That's a great promise of God is eternity. And I would love to include you in this prayer. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, but you want to, if you're here today and your life, if you're honest, is very far from Him, you might know, who, know Him, but your life is very far from Him and today's your day to get your life right with God. I would love to include you in this prayer also. I'm gonna pray it out loud and all I want you to do is pray it with me in your heart. You just pray it in your heart, but can I encourage you to make this your prayer? This is not my prayer, this is your prayer. This is your prayer of surrender. Just say these words as I say them out loud. Say them in your heart. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've messed up. I know that I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me so right now I turn from that way and I turn to you forgive me of all my wrongs I ask you to come into my life be my Lord be my Savior I choose from this day to live for you I ask you to come in and make me brand new today in Jesus name just with your eyes closed and head bowed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, can I ask you to do something really brave? I don't wanna embarrass you, but I do want you to take a step of faith. I do want you to get outside your shell a little bit and be a little bit uncomfortable and just acknowledge me that you prayed that prayer by lifting your hand nice and high. I'm gonna count to three. On the count of three, if you're here and you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're serious, can I ask you, be really brave, put your hand up nice and high. Ready? One, two, three. Three, hand up nice and high. Just say, yes, Steve, that's me, I prayed it. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, yes. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. That's me, count me in. I prayed that prayer. I wanna know him. I wanna get my life right with him today. Awesome. Yeah, God bless you. Awesome. Lord, we thank you so much for your presence here today. God, we thank you for the work that you're doing. I- Pray, oh God, that each of us in this place would leave here with an I will follow mentality in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place.